Dodge Witch Podcast. I'm Nettle. I'm Galena. And I'm Lyra. Welcome to the darkness. I feel like I said that like the, and I'm the baby kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm Lyra. I think it's because you just got new glasses and you look like a five-year-old. I'm adorable. I, very cute. I very rarely look at myself and think, yes, this is cute, but these glasses, they work. <laughs> so, any news? Uh, none that I can think of. However, I cannot get the idea of me being Meowth and Team Rocket out of my head now. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. We've also been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. Yeah. Well, one thing I would like to bring up is the importance of cleansing objects you use often with your craft or daily use. Yes. Good. I have a hematite bracelet that I've been wearing for about two months now. At first it worked really well to help reduce my anxiety and my stress and make me feel better. And then I wore it for two months straight and I was like, this thing isn't working. I think it was just placebo effect. And then somebody I know was like, oh, hey, I bought a hematite bracelet because I'm stressed a lot, you're stressed a lot, we both have anxiety. She's like, and I put it on last night and it seems to work. So I decided to give you the second one. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet of you. I put it on within 20 minutes. I feel really good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I haven't cleansed mine. It's just holding all of my stress <laughs> and my anxiety that it's collected for two months. So under the full moon, I put it out to charge, spritzed it with some salt water. <laughs> And did a whole bunch of stuff. And now it's working again. <laughs> so don't forget to cleanse your items. If you have charmed jewelry that you wear to help you with your anxiety, you have stones that you use or transfer feelings into commonly, cleanse them often. Yes, always good advice. Um, I don't know that there's, there's much else to discuss, but... Halloween share is approaching. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Closer and closer. Went to the gas station today. There were some pumpkins. Reese pumpkins. Some Reese pumpkins. I'm so excited. They have the ones with the little tiny Reese pieces in them. Yes. They're very good. For anyone not in the U.S., Reese's are a great chocolate-covered peanut butter-based candy. Have people not heard of Reese's? I'm sure they've heard of them, but they may not know that name. I guess. Because, like, 90% of our candy, it's all peanut butter based. <laughs> yeah. Peanut butter is delicious. Listen, Europeans, you gotta get on the boat. It's a good boat. It's a good, smooth boat. I also like crunchy. <laughs> I do not like crunchy. That's true. <laughs> you don't either? No. I don't. I don't. Oh, I like we it. don't like texture. That's true. Oh, that that is true. <laughs> I'm so excited. They have the Halloween tents up already. They're not full of the Halloween items yet, but they're, they're there. there. Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited to see what kind of tarot cards they have. I know, especially after last year. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to have Hocus, po Hocus Pocus Spirit Halloween specific pops, like exclusive oh. pops. Um, it's going to be, from what I was told, it's going to be the Sanderson sisters standing around a aw, Snoops, uh, standing around a cauldron. I think we need that for our home. <laughs> you may hear some background sounds. It is Nettle's dog. For once ready not to whine and cry, but to play. She wants to chew on this orange thing. It's a crackle stick. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It does Don't crackle. You hear it crackle? She has three because she doesn't like squeaky things, but she likes this. She likes crackle. I think she likes it because it imitates the breaking of a bone. She's like, she is a vicious hunter. She's like... <laughs> She does like bones. <laughs> but no, I agree. I think we need it for our house. Um, anything Hocus Pocus, really. Absolutely. There was a big focus on it last year, so I hope so there, there's leftover this year. What was it I said today? Do you think after the... the oh. I'm so sorry. Uh, you... Each year you sound more and more... Like Winifred Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I went, Hello, something. 
It was very much beads. like her. Hello, beads. Hello, beads. Oh, it was hello. Hello, beads. It was beautiful. It was like her hello Salem. Uh, but do you think after the focus on Beetlejuice because of the musical, there's going to be like a lot of Beetlejuice stuff? I hope here? so. Maybe. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. That would be fantastic. Because you know what? There's not been a lot of Beetlejuice stuff since I was a little kid. Right? Back when the movie came out. Snoopy is bound and determined to get into that bag. It. She smells the herbs that I bought today. <laughs> She's ready for some witchcraft. She's like been licking it, like the outside of my bag, because she can smell it. I'm so excited, though. I know. I bought a whole bunch of herbs today. I'm going to be trying those out. Um bought more red raspberry leaf. I can't remember if I talked about it on the, oh, I don't the know. show or not. Um, red raspberry leaf, for those of you with uteruses, <laughs> it's fantastic. Check with your doctor if you're nervous about trying any kind of herbal thing. Um, a lot of people make different things out of it. Um, Mother of Legion actually told me after we talked about it, she makes like a, tin, a tin, tincture, tincture, tincture and uses that externally. I've been putting it in tea and steeping it. It tastes horrible. There's nothing you can do to cover the taste. But if you're cramping very badly, it makes your cramps go away. And that is the only thing I've ever found that actually calmed my cramps so that I couldn't actually feel them through my body. And I'm very heavy set and I have a lot of fat on my belly and you could still feel my uterine cramps through all the fat. Well, I mean, I don't know that being fat would stop you from feeling... I don't know. You've felt them. I've made you yeah. feel them before. But it was nice. Last period was, I'm not going to say enjoyable. But less less terrible? It was less terrible than most of my periods. <laughs> More enjoyable than the others. Yes. For those of you without uteruses, I know that kind of talk makes you uncomfortable. I apologize. Well, not everybody. Not everyone, but most. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else to discuss before we get down to the nitty gritty? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> don't talk to me. <gasps> Been playing way Shoot. too much HQ. That's what it is. <laughs> I actually kind of miss the old announcer from HQ. I did really like him, but Scott I really Wigowski. enjoy the new guy because he's way nerdier than the other one. But like every single time it was, let's get down. To, to the, the nitty gritty. gritty. <laughs> I think he still says it, but I don't. I don't know. I haven't played very much recently. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Let's uh. Let, oh let's my gosh, get into snoops. the episode. <laughs> Enjoy says, the high pitched barking. <laughs> so welcome to Galena's Goddess Grotto. Yes, Goddess Grotto. Again today, we are. Well, no, not again. I apologize. Today we're going to be covering a god and a goddess. Oh. But the goddess will come in later. Lena's deity diadem is not. <laughs> I want a deity diadem. Okay? I do. This god that we're covering today diorama. is... Deity diorama. Deity diorama. I'm, I feel like I, I, I build those already. <laughs> Um, is Bess or Bisu or Aha. Hmm. He is an Egyptian god. He is the Egyptian dwarf god. He's the one that's very squat. Um, is usually has his tongue sticking out and is like ah. hmm. uh, he is both a god of war and a domestic I'm sorry and a demonic fighter. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's just he also so is very a different. God, I just glanced at the word. Snoops. That's okay. all right. Snoops is Snoops is just adding stuff, adding flavor. <laughs> um, he is the patron of, uh, patron god of childbirth and home. He's also Ooh. associated with sexuality, humor, music, and dancing. Not often that there's a a god I know like a male with, yeah a childbirth male, yeah it's really cool sexuality even is kind of rare mm -hmm. uh, except for Zeus well, <laughs> well that's not <laughs> uh, he was popular with the everyday Egyptian as well as pharaohs because he protected women and children overall nice. so above everything he protected children and women vigilante love he that <laughs> often portrayed on furniture mirrors 
cosmetic containers and applicators, magical wands and knives. He is a champion and I'm sorry, he is the champion of good and the enemy of everything evil. Perfect. Yes. As Aha the fighter, he could strangle bears, lions and snakes with his bare hands. I mean, I mean that's good. Yeah. <laughs> He was a supporter of Ra, so Ra protected him. Um, he, getting back to some of the things I've already described, where he was depicted on knives or on blades, um, he was thought to protect the bearer of the blade. So, pretty cool. Heck yeah. Uh, in his birth aspect, uh, it's thought that he could scare away evil spirits by dancing, singing, and shaking his rattle. I don't know if that's something you want <laughs> while you're trying to focus on giving birth. You know, that's fair. But I don't think you're going to care one way or the other. Maybe not. Uh, if you're experiencing a difficult birth, a statue of Bess was placed next to the, the woman's head, and he was invoked to protect her during the birth because likely she was going to die. Right. After birth, Bess would remain by the child's side to protect and entertain them. It's said that if a child smiled or laughed for no reason, it was because he made a funny face. Oh, I like that a lot. But sometimes, like, it makes me think of when you have a small child and you just hear him laughing. Yeah. It's him. So I thought that was really cute. Um, He's often pictured on the walls of birthing houses, which is, again, abnormal because he's a male. Yeah. As part of his domestic side, um, statues of him were placed near the entryway to protect the household from mishap. He was thought to keep rodents, snakes, bugs out of the house. I just imagine him just running around, like, chasing them out. Um, (laughs) He can also be invoked by tattooing his likeness on your body. Nice. Um, Sacred prostitutes, which I need to look into what that means. Uh, sacred prostitutes often had him tattooed in their pubic area to protect against BD. Oh, cool. But it's also thought that it may have, for them and for people who were were not prostitutes, that it was a fertility tattoo. Hmm. Now, I don't know this for sure, but the prostitutes, were they not like prostitutes that took their money back to the temple they served? That's what I'm assuming that okay. it was some sort of holy. Yeah, and I, I assume there's probably also some like rituals involved, but like yes. I didn't do the the research and that's why I was like I okay. haven't looked into that. <laughs> so I don't know. Um I'm sorry, I distracted you. No, it's okay. <laughs> Got y'all out of order. Fertility tattoo. Pop a dup. <laughs> I just jumped onto a different tangent here. Um, it's believed he may have come from a different part of Africa. Um, there were a lot of arguments, apparently, of this, that he either came from the Old Kingdom, but it was not actually spread until the New Kingdom, which leads people or scholars to believe that he was actually taken from outside of Egypt and brought in. Oh, yeah. Um, that makes sense. Because he's, he, was, he was there in the Old Kingdom, but he was very popular in the New Kingdom. Um, either way, he was popular. <laughs> um, he's often linked to Tarette, which is one oh. of our faves, and thought to work with her in the birthing chambers. He's closely associated with many gods, including Amun, Hathor. Hathor is also another goddess of childbirth, and often depicted as a bearded dwarf, as I was saying earlier, apparently I'm repeating myself, as a dwarf with his tongue sticking out, Shaking a rattle, always facing forward, which is another link to Hathor. Unless it's a statue that's just happened to be turned around, he was always facing forward. Um, Because a lot of gods and goddesses and depictions in um, uh, Egyptian, like, pictograph or hieroglyphics, they were from the side. Yeah. But he was never pictured from the side. Oh. Is there importance to that, or...? Um... Or is it just something we don't we don't know? Yeah, it's not something that I know of, but apparently Hathor is another one who was usually pictured from the front. Oh, that's interesting. We'll at some point we will. Yeah, have I'm gonna to look have into... to look into that and find out what that means. Um, he's often showed with bowed legs and prominent prominent genitals, which I'm I'm assuming oh, is the fertility yeah. part. Um, sometimes with a tail and wings. 
Um, it's thought that he may have started out as a lion or another type of feline goddess or god, and that it was just him, the the lion or the feline reared up, and that's where like the mouth and the the hands out came from. But that's cool. He, in that vein, they believe he may have been derived from a Nubian god, or a Nubian word for cat, which is. Somewhere. I skipped a page. Oh. Bessa. <laughs> Likely, um, <laughs> which a Nubian word is for that, for cat, sorry. Yeah. I got, I got off. Oh. Which is very close to Bast. Yeah. Which is a cat goddess. Um, but another, another aspect of him is likely seen as a dwarf with the strength of a cat, like a big cat. Because big cats are insanely, insanely strong. Which would also support that he was imported from Nubia or Somalia. Because that's the word for cat is Bessa there. Yeah. Um, his wife and dual counterpart was Besset, who is basically him as a female. Um, so like, like she's similar to him or it's kind of the same figure? Kind of. She's a little prettier because all of his, he's very like, the only way I can think of it is like Gorgon-esque. Like if you've ever seen like the little like, um, discs from Roman times of like Gorgons where they're like, yeah, that's how he's always pictured. Hers, like her mouth doesn't open. She's just kind of standing there and she's a dwarf. Okay. Um, his worship spread into Syria and both the Roman and Persian empires. Oh. Um, in Roman Empire, you a lot of times would see him dressed as like a centurion. <laughs> yeah. Um, since he's the protector and the warder against evil, he's thought to present all of the good things in life, like music, dance, and sexual pleasure. Um, using musicians and dancers and artists also had him tattooed on their bodies, usually like dancers on their legs, yeah, artists like on their wrists, hands, whatever is important yeah. to their their craft. Um, his icons were thought to be used as healing or general fertility in the Pulte- uh, I can't even talk. <laughs> Ptolemaic period. Um, Ibiza is also thought to be his island since it had no venomous creatures on it. Oh, neat. And apparently, Bess, like the way that they said Bess, sounded a lot like Ibiza, so it was thought of as Bess's Island. Um, and I am going to put up several pictures of him, and I actually have one of Besset that I took at the Met, and I'm so excited that I can actually use my pictures and I don't have to Google pictures of this god or goddess that's happened in the last what two i think yeah, i've well, been able to use so many so many good because i got to there. use a picture that i took of um segment <laughs> and there's one before that i think i think so too i can't remember who it was who, yeah. but <clears throat> was it horus or was it anubis or i do not remember <laughs> one of them one of them but you know we'll add him to the pile yeah. Out in front of the grotto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no. Honestly, him, I think we need to respect. Yeah, he's, he's in he the grotto. Can, if I ever give give birth to a child, I will definitely have a little... Tattoo him on your pelvis. Yeah, <laughs> tattoo him right on the lips of my, my vulva. Yeah. You just have to open it up for the baby to come out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I know, Snoops. I know, I'm going to get smoked. <laughs> um, but... You know, I'll probably have, like, either a picture or some little statues that yeah. I might buy. I think it's a good idea. In the room. He sounds really cool. It just sounds like he's a... This is a terrible way to to, to describe a god. Uh, it sounds like he's, like, that one dude bro that's just really all about respecting women. <laughs> kind of. What he really makes me think of is, like, the Japanese um, helpful spirit that lives in your house. Oh, yeah. Because, like... Like, they kill all the bugs. They they take care of the rodents. He kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> and I love that almost every culture, has, it has something like, like, there's like a, a household god or goddess, spirit, yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the house. And, like, you make little sacrifices to them. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we will be coming back with Nettle's segment next. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. So we've had it requested a few times to do a segment on makeup or glamour magic. I was really gung-ho about being in charge of this segment, <laughs> and I'm kind of upset because I had some jokes prepared about how I was not a good person to be in charge of the segment, but it's a lot more than I thought it was. Um, sorry, I'm trying to make sure I'm not getting my things mixed up. Do I have is it the same person three times? <laughs> sorry, I've got... I've got multiple quotes by the same person because they were interviewed a few times and it looks like yeah I have three separate things from this person so that's fantastic they're just a very good resource for this apparently Uh, with glamour magic I thought it was pretty specifically makeup um, because there's a whole thing with makeup about how you can change your appearance yeah a lot of things on glamour magic are actually about not so much physically changing yourself but using something physical in how you present yourself to the world or like how you want your day to go um i will say i'm I'm excited because this is something that i've been very interested in since the first time we had the the request i've just not taken the time to look into it myself it was really fun like it's i'm real good at picking things that there is no information on or the information (laughs) is hella unreliable so this was actually really fun um one of the resources color magic a beginner's guide to harnessing the power of every color it's on allure that's not how you say that word yeah allure okay but and it's by sophie saint thomas uh she talks a lot about utilizing um color magic like specifically color magic in your makeup routine oh and i thought it was going to be a lot of stuff like eyeshadows and lipsticks and a little bit of it is but she also talks about like charcoal face masks and like body washes and stuff uh basically utilizing self-care routines not just makeup uh with color magic and a couple people hit on it it's it mostly seems to break down to either using an existing color association scheme uh if you look up color magic literally you're going to find a lot where people just sit down and tell you what things are but also, a lot of people would mention, like, sort of leaning towards personal, if you have personal associations with color. Um, the article itself suggests different product, like, actual, like, specific products to use. Yeah. Um, most of them are super expensive. A few aren't. Uh, the nice thing was, like, in between, like, the description and, like, the makeup, makeup, self-care, whatever suggestions was, like, alternate suggestions. Hmm. Uh, for yellow, one of the suggestions is literally just stick your head out the window and get some more of those sun rays. <laughs> um, uh, utilizing outfits, uh, candles, and then there's even like for orange, like we need a fucking orange because by consuming the color, you're just getting it that much faster. Yeah, I mean that's fair. And sorry, because I didn't write these in order. <laughs> I just wrote them. I let me say my um uh, like my bullet points are hardly ever in order and I'm ah! just like a mad person going through them like yes, I need this next. This is honestly why I need to write out what I want to talk about and then I need to go back and organize it or just yeah. do it in a fucking word document yeah, and not right? write it down. <laughs> I definitely meant to sit down and like number these, but like I kind of fell asleep there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um let me go ahead and Sorry, because where I just realized one of the one of the people I've quoted three three times is throwing me off a little bit because I was playing on using her in different spots. Uh, so we'll go ahead and just skip something, <laughs> or not? Maybe uh, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so while I'm trying right. to get my thoughts back together, <laughs> I do <laughs> want to talk about. There's a lot of committed com- commit. Commodification. <laughs> Why did I pick a big word? Um, of magic and witchcraft. You have the master's degree. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I'm obviously not utilizing it well. <laughs> um, of magic and witchcraft in general. I saw oh, specifically, like, if I looked up makeup magic, I didn't, I, I didn't dig very far, because if I go a page or two and there's nothing on witchcraft, I switch the wording. If I do makeup magic, it's mostly just, um, ma- it's just products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple times it would be, like, witchy palettes and things. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> uh, when you switch to witchcraft in search terms, it, it yielded better results for me. It still had some of, here, purchase this. And there are a few articles that I didn't use where it was just 
people interviewing witches about their makeup routines. Like, which I did Seems use... Seems like a weird... I, I did use some quotes from some of those, or I'm going to use, I guess, from some of those. But, like, that one, the ones I used focused he- more heavily on actual magic. Yeah. Not just, what do you do for your makeup? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, and, like, I've seen that a couple of times with commodification. <laughs> commodification. Let me yeah. just say it wrong. Um, we'll get it someday. And, like, don't get me wrong, it's nice to be able to look up, like, witchy something and find something that looks witchy. Yeah. Um, but it's weird when you're trying to do research to have to, like, sort of fight those search terms. That's true. <laughs> and there are a lot of makeup products and general beauty products out there. Just <laughs> that say, Yeah, like, magic wrinkle eraser, things like that, you know? So. I bet that did make the, the search results really awful. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm quick to abandon search results if they don't turn out well. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got my master's degree. <laughs> uh, the Black Witch Coven, uh, under beauty spells, which this is, this is the only one I have that didn't actually n- note who the author was, uh, but they talked about how glamour magic is, it's temporary, and it's meant to promote what you already have, Yeah. which was interesting, because a lot of them, it, a lot of the other articles were about it's promoting what you want to promote. Hmm. Um, so it's interesting to sort of draw on things that you already have. Uh, a quote from them is, beauty is all about taking care of your health and the image you would like to project to the world. God, my handwriting's bad. <laughs> um, which is interesting, because that's not something I'm used to hearing about beauty. I'm yeah. not used to hearing about like, health. Thinking health. Yeah. Yeah. Me either, actually. That's usually not how it's, how it's phrased. Mm-hmm. It's usually like, cover up this thing to look yeah. more beautiful. Which is shitty. Natural beauty under all these layers. <laughs> How to get a natural look. <laughs> There's also Hello Giggles article, We Talk to Witches About the Connection Between Makeup and Magic, which is what I was talking about before with talking about that, sorry, and, and the person who wrote it's Mary Lo- Lodi. Um, they, inter- they interviewed a shit ton of witches. I only <laughs> took quotes from two. But they interviewed a shit ton, and it was all, how did you get into witchcraft? What do you think about witchcraft? How do you utilize magic magic and makeup? And then also, what would you suggest to people to think about? Not think about, but, like, take from your experience? Which is really interesting, because it, it, like, it really was a varied approach. Yeah. Uh, one of the ladies they talked to, Brianna, yeah, Brianna Luna, uh, she loves everything about the power of transformation and the art of adornment. Uh... Specifically, she thinks of cosmetics as ritual tools. She uses them in a ritualistic way to get ready. And, quote, you can literally transform yourself into anything you'd like to be. Which is interesting. And this this is about the point where I realized I feel like I'm a little more prepared to talk about this subject. Because while I don't use makeup a lot, and I don't utilize it a lot, I definitely utilize, like, how I look to do different things. Yeah. Because I feel like I dress very differently for work than I would to say not work. Yeah. That's And that's very interesting in, like, relatable terms to put it in, you know? I'm so sorry. I love you. No, I'm just listening. <laughs> but even after that, like, there's different... Like, if I'm just going to fuck around at home, I'm probably going to wear a t-shirt and nothing else. If I'm going to go out, I might wear something else. Uh, lately, I have a lot of low-cut and, like, sort of sort of revealing shirts. I don't feel like I wear very many actual revealing shirts. And I've always had trouble with those because I don't like it when my bra shows. But lately, I've just been buying sports bras because it tends to hold the fabric better <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. That's true. And my boobs are covered, so I don't really care if somebody sees it. <laughs> And for me, at least, that helps me project more confidence in my appearance. Yeah. Which I, I guess is kind of what it com- comes down to, really. Which is really cool. <laughs> um, from the same article, this woman, who is in th- three separate articles I picked, uh, Gabriella Hestick, oh, Herstick, uh, talks about different things. Uh, 
part of her beauty routine is some days she'll use a tarot drawing for either a color or like a baseline for the beauty routine of the day. That's cool. That's really cool. I've never thought of doing anything like that. It's really nice. And I didn't write it down, but in one of the articles she talked a little more about it because sometimes she would just, she would just go with the interpretation. It wouldn't even just be like, she'd look at it and be like, this is setting my mood for the day and this is what I'm going to do that by. That's a really good idea. Uh, She's also, she's, she was very clear about how she felt everyone, everyone who's comfortable wearing makeup, everyone who wants to wear makeup should feel free to, and she did feel confident doing so. Specifically, people should wear what they want and have fun with their makeup, not you need to do this, this, and this to look a certain way. Um, I'm going to make fun of them later, but from the Basic Witches book, uh, they did a good job coming back around and being like, you don't have to do these things we're suggesting because you should do what's good for you. But before that, they had a lot of things about, you should try all of these very witchy aesthetic things, like wearing all black. <laughs> because trust us, you'll love it. Trust me, I'm an expert witch. You'll love it. Which is funny, because they don't see themselves as witches. They're the ones who are more like, it's a political statement than actual witchcraft, right? Yeah, but all of their spells and things are definitely just straight up fucking witchcraft. So I don't really know what they're talking about. Uh, Gabriella Hestick also appears in Girl Bosses. Uh, this lipstick glamour spell will make you claim your power unapologetically. <laughs> Love that. It was quite the title. Um, in this article, they talked a lot about just fashion and makeup. It's when it's used intentionally, that's when it becomes glamour magic. Which makes sense, because a lot of the things talked about how you're either, you are using it unintentionally, whether you mean to or not. And I'm not, and like you can definitely do things unintentionally, but I'm not sure if I would I would consider glamour magic unintentional. Like yeah. you can definitely dress a certain way and feel confident, but like if you're actually like I'm wearing this because it makes <laughs> me feel confident. Well, I wonder if they mean like when you put on makeup, you're doing it with the intention of beautifying yourself, because that might be an unintentional glamour that you're putting you're putting on. Too. Yeah, I suppose so. That makes sense. But yeah, I would think if you're actually doing glamour makeup though, you're doing it. You've already decided this is what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I think I already saw this, but this is where it came in with uh, the way in which we choose to let the world see us is how how to utilize glamour magic. Mm. I also did not write the lipstick spell down, but it was it was literally about putting your intention into your lipstick and yeah. then you're casting it as you use it. I kind of really dig that because I mean it's I imagine glamours are mostly just intention work anyway. Almost exclusively. Yeah. Because that's all anybody talks about. Uh, the final one, before I can move on and talk about literally anything else, uh, from Gabriella, or I guess hair stick. I, it's more polite to call somebody by their last name when you're discussing <laughs> their things. I just suck at it. Uh, advice, and this one's by Miranda Finneberger, uh, which explains how to use fashion as magic. Um, except for the last one, every single one of these is just somebody interviewing her. Uh, they, this one was cool because she actually asked her about it, like using a glamour to sort of hide yourself. And Gabriella's immediate response was, I mean, I'd use it more to pronounce. Yeah. Um, or really like display something, but you can use it to hide. Um, and just with this, it's all about choosing what you are or aren't going to use it for and like sort of using it like. In waves, like when you need it, when you don't need it. Uh, oh, I did write more. Uh, the part and this part I really like because she went into how a personal approach determines what you need and what you want and what it fulfills for you. That intent, because like having somebody tell you you should wear. I don't know red to yeah that was one of the other articles red to feel sexy or like to yeah. sort of like draw in attention and that th- sort of thing. Only really works if that works for you. Because if it doesn't work for you, then you got to work with something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, this is harder because now i got to figure out which ones I haven't skipped. Because <laughs> honestly, like, red lipstick for me, I don't ever really wear it to look sexy. It's just I, I'm more conspicuous that way. <laughs> and that's fair. Let me see real quick. So I think, okay, I'm done with this page. <laughs> I actually specifically like using the, especially the brighter reds to not really like 
put on a full layer, I just sort of dot it around and make it almost like a lip stain mm-hmm. with the brighter reds. No, I put it full on. <laughs> I mean, I will sometimes. I just mean, like... I haven't worn any red lipstick in a while. I think... I like to buy things based on their names. Yeah, fair. I think I have a red lipstick called Burn. <laughs> Definitely just wear it when I feel like getting into a fight. Good. Yes. Fight me color. It is. I will say I'm more likely to be seen wearing either a dark purple or just straight up black. Like That's true. I don't wear reds as often as, as you'd think. I definitely prefer weirder colors, like, like gray. Yes. Oh, I love a nice gray lipstick. I don't wear lipstick a lot, but when I do, it's red. Like, <laughs> That's apparently, true. Apparently, I just don't wear other colors. It took me a long time, though, to get over the fact that I'm allowed to wear red lipstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get that. I, for the longest time, I just felt like I wasn't allowed to wear makeup at all. It's like, why try? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get you. Sorry, nobody can see us nodding. That's true. (laughs) We do that a lot during the podcast. A nice one I enjoyed, it's from the, the Witch's Circle, Glamour Magic for Beginners. It's written by a user called Ariana, and there's no last name. That's just it. Uh... They t- she talked about how glamour embodies traits and intents, but it's 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 strictly non-physical. Like you can use it, you can use physical things to put it on, but it's not the glamour uh, itself isn't. Yeah, the glamour yeah. itself isn't physical. I I know a couple of the articles talked a lot about. One of you's gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong. The craft where like they change their hair color and their eye oh, color. Oh yeah, yeah. And how that's like really not. Yeah. It's not at all how it works. No. But, no. It's a fun idea to think about that that's how it could work. It is. Um, oh, and they they talked about how the basic breakdown of the spell goes. You work out your intent. You will your intent. And then they talked about reinforcing it, like remembering throughout the day, using your memory to really reinforce the intent you're going for, which was cool. Um, Luna, Luna Magazine who I thought I just read their name wrong and I was fucking wrong. Uh, in Glamour Magic, Identity and Self-Love with another, oh, with author <laughs> Deborah Castellano, uh, written by Lisa Marie Basile. Uh, glamour is an action. It's how you choose to present yourself to the world. It's how you express yourself. It's where you refuse to conform, which was a big thing that that author was into, was beauty is about conforming, but glamour is about how you break away from that. Oh, I like that. It was really good. Yeah, and she it talked a lot about how beauty was very limiting because it's sort of built off of a... It's built off your cultural ideals. Yeah, and that's like, true. I don't think she... I, she probably did give examples, and I was too dumb to write them down. <laughs> uh, but she talked about how, like, really glamorous people are glamorous because of where they don't. They don't fit in. They, they do what they want to do, and they do it the way they want to do it. Um, I know I've got something else to talk about. One thing I want to talk about was nobody talked about dyeing your hair. Oh, no. One person talked about dyeing your hair, but only in reference to the craft. (laughs) Not as, like, actual glamour magic. No. Fucking dyeing your hair is, like, a goddamn magic trick. Your hair is physically changed. And, I mean, you you can use it for intent. Like... (laughs) I feel like it's probably my search terms more than, like, anything else. Mm. I apologize. Um, There's gonna be some rustling noises. I'm getting up. <laughs> My old bones cannot handle this. Oh no. Um. <laughs> uh. But yeah, it's. I was gonna say I dyed my hair for the first time. That's not true. I've dyed my hair multiple times. It's just always been so close to my natural hair color that <laughs> it's not noticeable. Um. But I recently dyed my hair. Um. Red. Very bright red. Oh yeah. And I love it. And like. And it looks amazing. It does. I've gotten some compliments. I haven't had any shitty comments, which, I mean, I know it's not Good. that weird of a color, but I only dyed part of my hair. But you still always kind of expect it when you do, especially, like, a an unnatural shade. Yeah. Um, where's I going with this? <laughs> oh, and I mean, like, I don't know. Dyeing my hair for me, like, it's made me like my hair again. Because, like, my hair's been looking cute lately because it's finally hit that point in growing where it doesn't look like shit. <laughs> Except for my bangs, but that's my fault. <laughs> um, 
But like I actually do want to grow out my hair and finally learn how to French braid it, which I've been meaning to do for, I don't know, like six years now. <laughs> I usually chop it all off before I get a chance. I mean, I guess I could buy a wig or something, but <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I like forms of self-expression, though. Things like dyeing your hair, and that's part of the reason I want to pierce my ears again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> so excited about getting piercings. It's so exciting. <gasps> they also didn't talk about piercings. And I guess that makes sense because it's like you can do piercings and they do stuff, but it's not really something that you're sort of, well, it's not something you're necessarily projecting to the world because piercings are very easy to hide. That's true. Assuming they're not like in a, well, I mean, even if they are in a pretty obvious space, as long as it's healed up enough, you can take the earring out. Yeah. Not the earring, but the... The piercing. the piercing, yeah, because <laughs> if it if it's not in your ear, what is it? Because <laughs> um, no, because I just because uh, if you've got long enough hair, like my my ears are almost always hidden unless I've brushed my hair back. Um, and I remember I remember dudes talking about how they didn't understand why people pierced their ears because you couldn't see them. But like, I mean, also, it's not for you to see all the time. Yeah, it wasn't done for a man to look at. It was done because you wanted your ears pierced, right? ridiculous right i remember wanting my ears pierced so bad when i was little <laughs> but like for some reason our father set this like age limit that i had to be like 12 or 13 to get it done i got them done and then they immediately allowed Lear to get hers done oh yeah i was gosh. gonna say i don't think they they cared <laughs> i also know for a fact that uh our mom thought that I was just going to do it on my own. So, which is true. It's true. You I mean, that's pierced, not... <laughs> you pierced your lip on your own. That is true. They said no. I, to be fair, I was... Oh, no, I wasn't. No, you were, like, 16. Never mind. <laughs> See, I know I definitely went out with you when we were adults and watched you get your ears pierced. Yeah. Like, because, I, I mean, I was an adult, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I had to wait until I was 18 to get my second ear piercing. It's ridiculous. And then I got one. I, I got two. <laughs> and then I meant to get a cartilage one, and then I knew a girl who got a really bad infection in her cartilage. And I was like, I'm probably good for now. <laughs> <laughs> we should all go get piercings together. I sure. agree. I want to get the anxiety piercing. I hope it helps. Let me know. I will. I'll hurry up and get the earrings so I can see if they will break my ears out or not. Yeah. I gotta find something I can keep in. For more than a couple hours. Yeah, I can't have heel. anything nickel or copper or brass. Mm-hmm. Like I said, surgical steel is my go-to. That's what I'm going to try. If it works out, I'm going to be super excited. <laughs> uh, let's talk about ear piercings. I begged to have my ears pierced when I was two, which I vaguely remember. And my mother wanted to wait till I was, you know, a little bit older to make that sort of decision. And uh, my shitty grandma... Took me to the mall without telling my mom and got my ears pierced. Oh my gosh. I would have probably gone insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With rage. Oh, my mom flipped, which is completely reasonable. I don't know exactly what happened because, again, I was like two. Yeah. Um, I do know around mid- right before middle school, I decided I didn't want piercings anymore and let them heal over. <laughs> and then... I went and got them re-pierced <laughs> a few years later because I still had all my earrings and I missed having them. I should have just popped the holes back through, but... It's scary. Well, I definitely <laughs> did for one because they... Well, they went to re-pierce them. All of my piercings have been with a gun and all of that has been a mistake. Yes. And I know better yeah. now. That's why I no longer have my cartilage piercing. Uh... I went and got them re-pierced, and, like, they they were worried about re-piercing it where the piercings had been, so they pierced it really low. And at some point when I was popping an earring in, I completely missed that one and just popped it straight back through the original one. Oh, shit. So, like, it hurt for, like, a second, and then it was just over. I think I have a higher pain tolerance than I realize. <laughs> but now I have four that I never have earrings in because everything breaks me out. <laughs> I understand. And a healed over cartilage. Also, if you're going to get multiple piercings in your lobe, uh, the only thing you need to be aware of is you're going to need really tiny earrings, or you're going to have to get used to not having an earring in all of them at the same time. Yeah. I made the mistake of thinking they'd be spread out more. Yeah, you would think, but no. No, they're, they're right together. together yeah. yeah. 
Because I actually asked them to do, like, four, and they were like, I don't think you have enough space. Because I... You know those anime characters who just have piercings <laughs> all along your yeah. ear? That's what I was thinking of. Those are fictional all characters. Ever wanted. <laughs> those are fictional characters who don't have to think about how that works. That's true. I know my middle one, I think it's on my right side, it grows over all the time. So every time I want to put an earring in it, I just re-pierce it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a, it bleeds for a minute and then it's done. But it knows there's supposed to be a hole there. <laughs> recently, because of all the allergy problems I've been developing, now when I put earrings in, if they're not nickel-free, brass-free, copper-free, my ears bleed anyways. Where were we when I was like, oh, my ear is bleeding? Oh, I don't remember, but it was, it was really random. Yeah. Like, it was very unexpected now. There was just blood everywhere, and I was like, oh. And it wasn't like in my middle one. It was like in my, my main one. I think we were at a convention yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but do we have anything else on glamour magic? Yeah, I lied about that. I looked through my notes. I don't have anything else. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I like the idea of glamour magic. I think the next time I put on like a full face of makeup, 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 I'm gonna try it. Like when I put on yeah. my foundation and stuff. It's it's such a good idea. I like that a lot. Because recently I've only been wearing like powder, eyeshadow, and liner, like eye stuff. Yeah. I am. Um, I personally don't like wearing a lot of like face powder or like the foundation or anything i only really want to wear lipstick and eyeliner um you you can do that because you have absolutely gorgeous oh no eyelashes oh eyelash i thought you were gonna say skin because i was like no that is just not true it is all scarred up but (laughs) uh but no i just don't like the feeling of it Mm -hmm. i'll probably work on it more with like outfits because i don't lately i've just been throwing things on (laughs) that's how i live but probably when I paint my nails again, whenever that happens. Oh my god, I never even thought about it with nail polish. I do nail polish all the time. That's a good idea. It is a good idea. Good job, Have metal. I pick Thank off you. nail polish from my nails. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think I have anything to add other than I'm excited to try it out. Yeah. Alright, and today, in lieu of a spooky story as we were doing there for a while, I'm going to go over a cryptid. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's the Ahul. Um, the name is actually based on the sound uh, that it, it's known to make as it's flying around hunting. They think it, fish is what it mainly eats. Let me describe what it is. <laughs> um, so it's a large bat-like creature, um, very large. The, the body's supposed to be the size of a one-year-old infant to, like, your average toddler size. Okay, so it's small. I mean, for not a bat, for a bat-sized no, sl- creature. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, it's the size of a VW Bug. No, with a 12-foot wingspan. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Wait. so I just described the body as the size of an infant or a toddler. But then massive wings. Massive wings, yeah, absolutely gigantic wings. Um, they're found in Java and other places in Indonesia. There's actually a bunch of very similar creatures uh, in Indonesia and South uh, Asia, apparently, <laughs> uh, South Asia. Um, the Orangbati, uh, the Kangamato is one that's really similar, um, but it's actually found in Africa. And the Ropin is something that's referred to as a cousin, which I want to do something on the Ropin later because I went down a fucking rabbit hole <laughs> with that thing, and it's cool as fuck. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't know about that one. Um, it's also sometimes described as a flying primate. Now, the reason that this is specifically interesting is because a lot of these others are known as flying primates of a type. So it, it's possible that it's like species confusion if these are things that are actually out in the, the jungles and stuff. Um, rainforests, I apologize. Uh, so, I mean... See, all I can think of are the, ter- the terrifying flying monkeys from... Yeah, I figured that's what Wizard you'd be thinking of. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they don't have, like, the feathered wings. They have bat wings. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's better or worse. (laughs) Uh, um, They have been known and reported to attack and eat humans, uh, mostly for territory. They're territorial. um, Because it's thought that, given the general size of their bodies, they mostly eat small rodents, fish, small birds, other bats, things like that. Um, And... um, so they think the killing of larger animals and humans is mostly territorial. Uh, spread their intestines to everybody who's lost. There, there's a different cryptid. <laughs> that does that. 
about intestines. There's, you know what, we're not going to do this right now. I'll do it later. Uh, there's a really cool, I think it's Filipino uh, cryptid that involves intestines very heavily and flying. <laughs> anyway. Um, so they are sometimes said to have human faces. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute because I, I was told so a or a I He's well, what they're talking about. I mean, sort of. Like, maybe a bad vampire. <laughs> Vampires feed on fish. I mean, they're you hungry. never know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to come back to that, though, because there's a story about the Ahul that I read, and I can't find references to it now, so I don't know if I'm confusing it with a different cryptid, but I'm pretty confident it's the Ahul, because it's the reason I like the Ahul. Uh, there uh, is a very specific... Uh, I don't know. It didn't say what he was. His father was an ornithologist. Ornithologist. Fuck me. Um, and he's been known to uh, have cryptozoologists as his like buddies. But it never said specifically what his title is. So I'm a little sus- suspicious. But uh, but his name is Dr. Ernest Bartles. Bartles is a stupid name. (laughs) Uh, He spotted one in 1925 and also one in 1927. Um, He, there's also an, a very large forest owl in the area um, that has a four foot wingspan called the Bartles owl, wood owl, because he is the one who found and named it to white science, uh, to white science's (laughs) understanding. Um, so, I mean, the fact that he saw those and also the Ahul kind because of, a lot of people think it's his wood owl that's been spotted and they, people are upset and uh, exaggerating the size of it, um, which is very common when you're afraid. Yeah. But the fact that he is the one who, quote, discovered the owl and also claims to have seen an Ahul suggests to me <laughs> that they are not the same creature. Because um, you think he would know the owl that he discovered. Yeah, exactly. Um, the cryptozoologist uh, that sort of gained this knowledge from him and started a, a study on the, the general subspecies. Subspecies, I don't know, the, the giant bat. Big-ass <laughs> bat species. Cryptids. Uh, was named Dr. Ivan T. Sanderson. And uh, he became so interested because he, dis- he encountered something in Cameroon. It's the Congamato. Um which was said to be a flying ape as well. Uh, some people also described it as a giant bat. Um, some people think that it is a pterosaur. Still, see, I knew that's where. <laughs> I knew. Gosh, I wish we could show people what face you just made. Uh, it's People think that this is a surviving uh, species of pterosaur so much that there are multiple... Uh, websites called something like Hidden Pterosaurs or Real Pterosaurs or The Search for Pterosaurs. so popular. Yeah. Uh, that, and they all talk about the Ahul. They all talk about it. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the thing about the human faces. Okay. Because the, the story I read um, said that the Ahul will sometimes stalk humans that are walking around near near their territory. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, like, oh flies down, God. kills them, takes their faces, and wears their faces around as, like, a way to mask themselves in the night. Uh, like, they'll hide in bushes, and people will think, oh, it's just somebody in a bush. Like, that's not concerning. Uh, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Indonesia's like. Maybe people spend time in bushes. I mean, I spend time in bushes. <laughs> you don't, I don't. Know I said that. <laughs> but I like I said I couldn't find any reference to it so I, I don't know I'm gonna look into it more because I'm I'm very interested now uh its favorite way of killing apparently is to dive bomb people from the sky let out its its a call and snap their neck in one go <laughs> quick clean efficient yeah you know <laughs> Vampires. Um, And uh, something I found very interesting is that the most recent, because they're still being spotted, uh, especially as the rainforests are being uh, cut down on, um, and because Indonesia is one of the the most heavily populated places in the world. 
um, and it is the most populated island. And it's not that large, you know. Um, there's been more and more sightings as the rainforest gets smaller and smaller because of human expansion. Um, and they've been, th- th- large bats like this have been spotted other places, but there was a specific ahul spotting in Portugal in 2015 because uh, the students that spotted it described the sound with seemingly without knowing what the ahul was. Like it was a, a cryptozoology magazine later that connected the two. So I think that's very interesting, especially because there's a friend of the show that lives in <laughs> Portugal and she should watch out. <laughs> Just saying. Watch Gonna out. steal her face. Her beautiful, beautiful face. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Only if she infringes on the territory. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Don't sleep with your windows open. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, a few more things. I do want to talk about uh, the different types of bats, uh, fruit, <coughs> excuse me, the fruit bat and the flying fox, or the, also known as the flying fox bat, is the largest known bat, I believe, if I'm not incorrect about that. I don't know why I'm looking at you specifically, Nettle, for it's this information. Definitely because I kept doing weird things with bats for a while, but all I know I think is the smallest bat, and I don't remember which one it is anymore. <laughs> um, but I think it's the largest bat by, by Wingspan, um, and they are fucking giant and they have big ass heads and you could pretty easily in the dark look at it and be like yeah that's a monkey face um and then there's one called a hammerhead bat who has a real fucked up looking mouth you guys should look it up and uh if that's something you see out in the wild i can see your mind just being like what the fuck is it it must be a flying creature that's ready to kill me because it's scary (laughs) but the ahul is one of my favorites it always has been um, like I said, it, it sort of introduced me to something I'm super excited about, the ropin. Cause I'm just going to say, it involves bioluminescence, and I'm freaking ready. That's awesome. The ropin has been used to explain the mysterious floating lights in Indonesia. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. So, I'm excited about that. Everyone should be excited to hear more about the ropin. And I really want to look more into, like, why there's so many, like, giant bat type cryptids in this one specific area of Southern Asia. I mean, I guess so. Like the fact that there's so many different types in like the, the different little communities suggests to me at least that there might be a creature out there, you know? So I'm pretty excited about it. (laughs) But that's all I have on the Ahul right now. There's not a super large amount of information about it. Um, There's no physical evidence. There's no pictures. (laughs) Because why would there be? <laughs> well, the moment there's a credible picture, it's no longer a cryptid. That's true. Look at the whatever the hell that half zebra thing in Africa is. What? I don't remember what it's called. Um, I think it's extinct now, isn't it? See, we talked about this in New York, too, because I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. We never actually looked into yeah, it. Yeah, no, they thought that it was just a myth, and then they discovered one. And, you know, giant octopuses, octopi. Giant squid. I'm giant sorry. Squid. It's what giant squid. Don't up? fucking talk to me. The entire ocean. The entire, just the entire ocean. The ocean's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> We're still looking into it. Uh, one of these days I'm going to talk about thylacines and that's going to be just hours. <laughs> that's going to be multiple episodes of me just talking about how this, this angry dog exists. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh, that's all I've got. Uh, do we have any any commentary from the stands? You so, suck. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So, like, I know there's not a lot of information on it. Where there's a specified way that it likes to, like, dive bomb and kill. Is there, like, a death count? Or... You know, I didn't think to look for that, but that's a very good question. Um, I'll look into it. If I find something specific, I'll make a post about it on our Instagram. Um, which is a thing I say a lot <laughs> and maybe half the time follow up on. You say you almost never do. I, yeah, it's very rare. Um, but like there's, and there's also not a whole lot of um, personal accounts, at least not on the sites that I can access because I can't read. No. Uh, Indonesian. <laughs> is that what the language is called? Because I don't know. 
I'm not sure what's either. spoken in Indonesia. I don't know either. Apparently, I can't even say the country's name. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a very, very badly educated person, <laughs> so I don't actually know. But you've got one whole semester of college. You're not badly educated. <laughs> uh, it's just with countries, usually you just default to what sounds like the language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. You speak German in Germany. You speak French yeah. in France. English in England. And here, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted specifically to find uh, some, like, personal stories. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's nothing, at least, like I said, not that I can find. If I could search in the, the native language, maybe I could find something. But, but where it's... It's just a bunch of white people talking about this thing in Indonesia. There's not. <laughs> and most people only reference, like, most of the websites I found only reference the two uh, people that had spotted it. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but I think I think that's all we have for this episode. Yeah. I believe so. All right. Uh, any ending notes we should mention, or um, we should probably just remind people that our Instagram is which which podcast. Our email is which which podcast at gmail dot com. We do have a Twitter. I think it's what which which pod. Yeah, which which, which pod. pod. Um, we, we also have a Tumblr <laughs> that we don't really check very often, but the Tumblr is uh, which which at which which podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's which, all of it. If anyone's having trouble finding it, <laughs> it's witchwitchpodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah, that's Yell the easiest way to find it. Link. Yeah. Uh, usually if you type it into the search bar like that, there you'll find it. That's it. That's how I locate it. Uh, oh, and we have a Facebook group. I keep forgetting that we have a Facebook group, but we do. Um, I'm not super active on it. I haven't checked it in a couple weeks. I think what we need to do is go through and find some moderators. Yeah, that'd be great. Because they will be way more active than we are. We're bad at the social media. <laughs> That's We're not good at it. No. So if you're in the Facebook group, send us a message and tell us why you want to be a moderator. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be real excited. <laughs> All right. But thank you guys so much for listening and always sticking with us. <laughs> uh, stay spooky. Hey! And keep your tits up! Yeah! yeah.